This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Decided it's warm in the studio with the flannel. We're heading into a flannel Friday just because I know it's going to be chilly in my neighborhood and I do like it that way. My favorite time of the year with the weather can't wait to do some hiking next weekend. Got uh, visitors coming next weekend. But this weekend, yeah, more rain. So I hope wherever you are, you've got better weather in store than we do in my neighborhood. But either way, there will be productivity just while I'm in my sweatpants. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. I actually looked at my calendar and figured it out when I was on the phone with Bob earlier this week. Between now and the holidays... Well, I guess Thanksgiving counts as a holiday, so we'll we'll project farther. Between now and the Sunday that I get married, the weekend I get married, four free Saturdays. That's it. <laughs> they are accounted for. Still a lot of traveling, a lot of, well, activities, family, get-togethers, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff, uh, which is great. I'm not at all complaining, but I got to make use of my free Saturdays. And so for that reason, uh, this is one of those free Saturdays where I can't just sit on the couch and be a potato. Oh, but I would like to be a potato. I just saw this post on our Facebook page. Tom said it's almost chilly season, as in chili is right around the corner. Well, I've made chili twice already. I don't know what that says about me. (laughs) Now, I can eat chili year-round, but also I've made chili twice during football season already. So I do enjoy chili, plus another pot of stew that I've made, uh, which is one of my favorites. It's uh, spinach and beef tips, and I put vegetables and potatoes in it. My mom doesn't. We call it cowboy steak soup, so our family has a bunch of different versions. So it's good food this time of the year as well. On Twitter, A-Law Radio, also on our Facebook page, After Hours with Amy Lawrence. So glad to connect with you as we head into a Friday, our final show of the work week. Just a few hours left to go. And, of course, plenty of football on tap for the weekend. College Week 8, NFL Week 7. Jay, where are we doing on, or how are we doing, where are we on the Game of the Week poll? So we can tell the peeps. Getting it up, actually, as we speak. Okay, so Game of the Week poll will soon be available within mere seconds on our show Twitter, After Hours CBS, or on our Facebook page. If you haven't checked out our YouTube channel lately, gosh, we've got all kinds of fun football videos, even stretching back to last Super Bowl. And no, they weren't football-related. They were more uh, food and 
tricks and all kinds of goofy stuff that we like to talk about during football season. Yeah, we actually went over football snacks as well. Uh, And then there's the two-part Ask Amy Walks Down the Aisle video series on our Facebook page, or excuse me, our YouTube channel. Links on Facebook and Twitter, yes, but on our YouTube channel. (laughs) You guys got to see those videos before I shared them with my family and friends. So some of my family members, they are subscribers to the YouTube channel, but I don't generally advertise it outside of the radio show much and outside of our social media. And very few of my family members are on social media, which is awesome. I tell them, please do not Google me on social media or follow my social because you'll be upset. So for that reason, uh, when we hit two months out from the wedding, which was earlier this week, uh, I shared those videos with family and friends on my own personal social media. And it was kind of fun to see their reaction. Uh, One of my favorite teachers from high school. So going back to New Hampshire, she was my accounting teacher. I loved her dearly, Mrs. McMeachin. And she... I guess saw for the first time that I'm getting married. And so she was really excited for me and my mom. She and my mom were colleagues for years. So that's been kind of fun to hear from people from all walks of life. Some of whom I haven't seen in 15 to 20 years or even heard from uh, very, you know, very sporadically over the, the that stretch going back to when I was living in New Hampshire. So it's been kind of neat. Yeah, so you all have seen those videos and had more time with them than my own family and friends have. But the reaction is fun. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence. That's the name of the show, which is why our social media is all named after that. And don't look now, but the Jacksonville Jaguars are on a four-game win streak. They are two games in London that really put them on this, this good stretch. But since they come back, they've taken care of their business. And as we talked about with Cynthia Freeland earlier this week, it's been still pretty sporadic for a lot of teams. We've seen a mixed bag. Still, there is a ton of inconsistency. And actually, that's one of the words that Dennis Allen used to talk about the Saints after this game. But this wasn't supposed to be a tight finish. The Jaguars weren't supposed to need a late touchdown with three minutes to go and then need to make a a, staunch, a staunch defensive stand at the end of the game. It wasn't supposed to be like that. Midway through the third quarter, they were up 24 to nine. On the foyer, Iluakun pick six off Derek Carr, they were up 24 to nine. I was busy paying attention to baseball and then realized I had to go back to football. <laughs> so yeah, We know the Saints offense can score. The problem is they waste too many chances in the red zone. So we'll get to the Saints coming up. But for the Jaguars to have this letdown in the second half, that was the frustrating part. And Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence, of course, they'll take the win and they'll get the heck out of the Crescent City. And they'll, they'll use the mini-buy and they'll be thrilled about having a fourth consecutive victory. But still, this is not how they wanted to finish. It's a 60-minute football game, and that's what you got to do. And, um, you know, guys own their jobs and knew, knew their role. Um, and and that's, what I, that's all I ask them to do. And, and they did that. Don't do any more, you know, or any less. And, and I challenged them to be great. 
you know they don't have to be perfect just just be great have great passion have great energy and and uh, they did that today of course you don't you don't let things slide and you don't settle for not having your best day offensively and, and being situationally and probably not great today you know we got to help our defense out um, so you don't settle for that either but you're happy with a win it certainly does help that they got out to the big lead and that they took advantage of early opportunities but you had to sweat all the way through the end there in Saints territory. It's after hours, CBS Sports Radio. Now, as for the New Orleans Saints, this is going to keep Dennis Allen up at night. The fact that they get close, but they misfire or they miss opportunities. They don't finish these drives. And again, it's not just the Saints, but over and over, it's been biting the Saints in the rear. Third and goal from the five. Carr has it. Here comes pressure. Carr throws to the end zone, trying to hit Mike Thomas on a back shoulder on the near side of the end zone, but that is incomplete. You hear the frustration from the fans. I mean, this team has been down in the red zone. This team has gotten close. You know, you're able to pick up a first down, but, I mean, that that, that is frustration. It's a back shoulder throw and almost a jump ball, but, I mean, that's just played perfectly defensively. And, you know, uh, Daniel Thomas, if anything, I'm going to throw just a jump ball a little bit like the decision you want to go give give Mike T a shot but man that's tough that is tough tough offensively the frustration still exists obviously we didn't finish in the red zone as well as we would have but you know um, if you're 50 percent in the red zone in the National Football League you're going to end up being one of the better red zone teams so there was some improvement there and yet I still think there's some things that we can be better at I mean I think there are some opportunities there that um, you know we just we just missed on so I think we're a lot closer, uh, but we're still not there yet, and we're going to keep grinding until we get there. They did a lot of positive things. Derek Carr passed for 300 yards. They were over 100 yards rushing with Alvin Kamara. They held the ball for 12 minutes longer than the Jaguars did, and this is in New Orleans. And yet what's frustrating is they can do all that work, and they can put all that effort into it, and they can get up and down the field, and then they get into the red zone, and it's like they're a different team. So, yeah, you hear the fans booing there in New Orleans because they failed to come up with the six or the seven, and they trailed 14-3. to three. Now, they obviously find that rhythm in the second half. Nice combination with Chris Olave and Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. And as I say, they were over 100 yards rushing, so a good balance with the offense. They get those two touchdowns. In the second half, they're able to tie the game. But because the Jaguars scored so quickly when they took the lead and made it 31-24, as I mentioned, the last two touchdown drives of this game, they were under a minute because each team was starting at midfield. So there, that's a whole nother challenge. It's a whole nother problem. But the fact that the Jaguars had a 44-yard touchdown pass to Christian Kirk I don't know if you saw his post, but he said something along the lines, I've never run that fast in my life. <laughs> Do you remember when people freaked out over the Christian Kirk touchdown or um, uh, contract? How people were, it was really one of the first ones of not this past offseason, but the offseason before when so many wide receivers got paid and his was the first one and people freaked out over it because he was never a number one wide receiver. I think it's safe to say he reset the market for receivers. Yeah, because if he was going to get that kind of money, exactly. what he did, well, then everybody else should as well. 
Yeah, so Christian Kirk said following that 44-yard burst, I don't think I've run that fast since college. (laughs) Now, he also had a fumble in the first half, so I guess there's some redemption there. But between Trevor Lawrence running with a knee brace and Christian Kirk weaving through traffic and running, yeah, it was a quick drive. Under a minute. So there's three minutes left for the Saints. They don't have to rush. They don't have to hurry. They're not in a a quick strike offense. Nah, they can take their time and they can do what they want to do. They can play to their strengths. They can see what the defense is offering. Derek Carr is a veteran quarterback. And they get inside the red zone. And they've got plenty of time and multiple shots at it. 30 seconds. Third and goal. Carr to throw. Does throw the end zone. And that is incomplete. Right through the hands of Foster Morrow. Got two hands on it in the far corner of the end zone, but could not bring it in. Yeah, that's a corner route. I mean, and that's maybe an inch too far, but I don't know if you can throw it any better. I mean, that's that's one you got to come up with. It's just one you got to make. Fourth down, 25 seconds to play. Can you stop him one more time? Can you hold him one more play? Come on, Josh. Shotgun. Car. Jags are blitzing. They're all coming. They throw to the left corner of the end zone. That ball is incomplete. That ball is incomplete. The Jags take over on downs. That ball is incomplete in the left corner of the end zone. The Jags take over on downs. It's their own six-yard line with 21 seconds left in the ball game. On the Saints radio network and the Jaguars radio network, I just watched the replay on NFL Network and then the kneel down by the Jags. Yeah, it was never supposed to be this close, but they get away with the win, and the defense plays a big part. Though, the defense is not the reason that Foster Moreau had that ball go right off his fingertips. So as easy as it is to blame Derek Carr and to blame quarterbacks for everything, obviously there are moments where it's a tip ball or it's a ball that should have been caught. Still, though, on that last possession, again, with plenty of time on the clock, the Saints do not have to freak out and chuck and duck. They can, and, and they got a big run from Camara on that last drive. They get inside the red zone, seven shots at it, including the ball that goes off Moreau's fingertips. And he was almost inconsolable on the sidelines. He was, I don't know if he was crying because I couldn't see his face, but he had his helmet still on. And his face buried in his hands with teammates on either side of him. And and we know what he's been through. He caught a touchdown. I don't know if it was last week or the week before. But he finally caught a touchdown after beating cancer. What a journey. So much adversity. He's so thankful to the Saints for giving him a gig, for giving him a job. And as I say, he was inconsolable. Saints fans are ticked off. But his teammates are trying to pick him up recognizing that, yes, that touchdown could have been the catalyst to tie the game, great. But how about the other trips inside the red zone that came up empty? And that was the point that Derek Carr made when he was asked about Moreau's drop. Everybody's, you know, in the stands is, you know, mad at him, but it doesn't come down to one play. And so our job as brothers and as family, as teammates, is to go rally around him. I've been in that moment, you know, where – you know, you miss a throw or, you know, and, you know, you, th- you throw a bad pick or something like that, and you feel like everybody hates you, you know, 
and uh-huh. uh, you know our job as teammates is no matter what the situation is, good or bad, put your arm around them and keep keep them going, keep them pushing. And so, to see our teammates react that way shows me that we have good group. You know, because I've seen in moments like that where everybody just starts pointing fingers at that one play. You know, or if a kicker misses one at the end, they just point at him. You know, and it's like dude, there's you know 160 other plays that could have <laughs> been changed. You know, you know throughout whatever you know throughout the game. Like I've never been a believer that you just point just because it happens in that moment. There's so many things that we could have done that wouldn't even put him in that situation. Yeah, frustrating to be sure. And Derek Carr, remember last week, he had an emotional outburst, which is pretty much him. He wears his heart on his sleeve, and he actually said that after the game as well. But he not only freaked out, got really upset, frustrated beyond belief, but then he said... The offensive coordinator was the first guy to come along, and so he got an earful. But I do appreciate the emotion of Derek because it also emanates on behalf of his teammates. Right? It's not just me, 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 me. Derek Carr loves his teammates, and he loves being part of a locker room, which is why I knew last year when the Raiders tried to peddle us some line about how Derek agreed that it would be better for him to be away from the team to wrap up the season so he wasn't a distraction, that that was total BS. Derek Carr would never leave his teammates. He's one of those no-man-left-behind guys, ever. And he would never put himself above the team. He would never want to be a distraction, even if it was hard on him. And so here he is reminding everyone that yeah, this is not on Foster Moreau. No game ever comes down to one play. And gosh, that is music to my ears. But still, it is frustrating. Because the Saints have dropped, I think, two in a row. But th- uh, they're two and three now, right? No, no, two. Let's see. I'll have to go back and look. Because sometimes I get all of my numbers mixed up. Three and four. I knew there were a game below 500. So, yes, week seven. So, week seven, they're three and four. They've dr- they won their first two. Remember, they started out two and oh. And so now they've dropped three of their, or their, yeah, they've dropped four of their last five. Amy, your math. It's abysmal on this edition of the show. <laughs> anyway, definitely frustrating for them because they've had opportunities. Look, it sucks right now. <laughs> you know, we're, we're finding everything that sucks right now. We're going to point it out, and we're going to call it out, and we're going to try and work on that to get better as leaders. And that's our job, you know. Whether it's going really good or it's tough, you still got to be able to, you know, I say it before every game to the guys, we're not playing the scoreboard, we're playing against the standard. And our standard is this. If that's our standard, that's what we're playing against. Obviously, it's frustrating, um, you know, with the slow start that we had to the game. Um, kind of felt like, you know, going into the fourth quarter, it was kind of getting some momentum. Um, just got to find a way to, to close out the game, uh, you know, finish stronger. Um, missed a lot of opportunities that we kind of left out there. Um, but uh, hats off to those guys for, you know, starting fast and, you know, making some plays at the end. Yeah, I mean, it's still early. Although, clearly not as early as I was thinking because I was doing week five math in my head. No, no, no. It's week seven, you guys. It's week seven. And so you're not out of it in that division, the NFC South. We know it's it's wide open. The Buccaneers lost last week to the Lions. And <laughs> I guess 
Derek Carr and Baker Mayfield feel about the same. I sucked. We sucked. It, it all sucked. I sucked today. We sucked today. It was awful. Everything sucks. Um, and so between the Bucks and the Falcons and the Saints, they've all got three wins. Now, granted, the Saints are done through week seven, but the Bucks and the Falcons, depending upon how they do this weekend, they could end up edging forward there in the NFC South. But other than the Panthers, who are 0-6, the only team that doesn't have a win, well, everything else is bunched up. And it's the same as it was last year in the NFC South. Though let's hope the winner of the division does not have a losing record, which is what we had last year. All right, on Twitter, After Hours CBS, already up on our Facebook page. I did retweet it as well. The oft-anticipated, oh wait, the always-anticipated, oft-imitated After Hours Game of the Week. These come from the brain of producer Jay. So I didn't even put this, I didn't even see the poll ahead of time. So I got to vote the same as you. So you can find that on either of our social media. Happy Almost Friday. In my case, happy Flannel Friday. Maybe I will make some chili. That sounds delicious. Although I made some earlier in the week, but it was white chicken chili, so it wasn't my favorite kind of chili, but that was good too. We're glad to have you with us. It's After Hours CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Pod. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Cast. Third down and six for Miami at the two-minute mark of the second quarter. Back to throw to us. Looking, fires two down the right oh. side. He's got Tyreek. Touchdown, Miami. To a Tyreek Hill. From Tua Tangaloa. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. If you missed the preview, mini preview, that Cynthia Freeland gave us for Dolphins and Eagles, the Dolphins offense, I don't know how the numbers describe it or... How do the numbers explain what the Dolphins are doing? Now, a lot of the numbers can be skewed when you put 70 on the board, but we know they're prolific, and it's kind of interesting to hear 
to his reaction even to what Mike McDaniel is doing. We'll get to that coming up a little later on QB News here on After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. We do have the latest on the quarterbacks who will and won't be on the field this weekend. So that's still ahead to get you ready, whether it's a fantasy lineup and buys this weekend too. There are six teams on buys, which means that you got to be creative in your fantasy lineup. Maybe have to add and drop. Finagle, if you will. But the call there on Dolphins Radio as Miami tries to move to 6-1 and one on the season, but we'll have to do it against an Eagles defense that can be stout and generally can put pressure on opposing passers. So right now, looking at the Dolphins' stats through six games, Tua nearly has 1,900 yards passing and 14 touchdowns. There are quarterbacks in this league that won't have 14 touchdowns all season long. And he's got 14 passing touchdowns already through six games. Devon Achan is injured, but Raheem Mostert had three scores last week. Tyreek Hill, already over 800 yards receiving. Remember, his stated goal is to be the first receiver ever to hit 2,000. And he's on pace for more than that. Right now, he's on pace for over 2,300 yards. So they are first in the league in passing yards, but they're also first in the league in rushing yards. And obviously first in the league in points. Again, skewed somewhat by that 70-point performance, that 70-burger against the Broncos. The Broncos got burgered. But still, it's legit. But against the Eagles, how might that change? What can the Eagles do? So looking at the Eagles' defense... And again, you definitely want to check out that game or the uh, conversation with Cynthia Freeland because we talked about the Eagles versus the Dolphins and she was looking at a couple of the trends that could be determining factors. Points against right now. The Eagles are middle of the road in the NFL, but they only give up 20.7 points per game. What did I just say? The Dolphins put up 37 on average. Again, even knocked that down after their 70 points. Still, something's got to give, to be sure. That's one of the options for Game of the Week, and the poll is up on Twitter after our CBS or on our Facebook page. Lions and Ravens is another one. So the Lions defense, it's no longer a slouch. But on the road in Baltimore, now we know what they did last week against Tampa Bay. Lions now on the road in Baltimore, where the Ravens themselves have their own red zone issues. They're going to have to capitalize on their opportunities because they're not going to get as many, theoretically, against a stingy Lions defense. But also the Lions offense has been fun to watch, too. Guys throwing blocks, bringing receivers, Jared Goff chucking and ducking. Definitely have to get the latest on their running back core, too, because that could also change how this game Unfolds, but that's my pick for game of the week. Marco Belletti, what's your pick for game of the week? Eagles, Dolphins. Eagles, Dolphins. That's a huge test for Miami. And of course, a pair of five and one teams. Though the Lions are five and one and the Ravens are, what are they, four and two? Four and two, right? Uh, I believe so. So that's also. Did they have to buy yet? I don't remember. No, I don't think so. No, they were in London. Right, last week. Yeah. So I think that. Whether you're talking five, a pair of five and one teams or not, you've got 
two games with division leaders, Mm -hmm. which is critical. So this should be fun. Take our poll after hours, CBS Sports Radio, excuse me. Oh, I just realized Foster Moreau actually talked about the drop. Oh, in the end zone. It's a dark place to be. Oh, that hurts me. (laughs) I mean, I'm glad he takes it so personally. I would too. I would actually review all the the mistakes or, you know, missed shots in my brain over and over after basketball games than I would ever get excited about a a big play that I was... I that I was capitalizing on or that I made myself. I might be wrong, but I feel like every athlete will usually dwell on the misses mm-hmm. more than the makes in yeah. whatever it is. Because it seems like it, at any point, it, and this is where the athletes I understand, as fans, we have to try to get away with this because I know I'm guilty of it. Take, It's almost like winning is a relief as, and the Aww. losing is the misery. It's just you have to get to the point where the winning is fun, right? And I don't know if enough players enjoy it. It's almost like the winning is the relief mm-hmm. because Tom the Brady used is to just say total that misery. Yeah, he would be so much more miserable over a loss than he ever was thrilled over a win. And they're wound different, and mm-hmm. that's where they—that's why they get to the point that they get to. But um, yeah, we as fans, we can't be the same way. But unfortunately, I know I'll raise my hand. Too many of us are, and that's not good. Mm. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio, and Marco's here in studio. So I have to tell you, uh, because people are asking me incessantly about Penny, which is great. I appreciate it, but don't you worry. I'm not offended at all or even a little taken aback by the fact that you care more about my dog's health than you care about mine. It's It's totally and completely fine. Anyway, been inundated with your questions about Penny and how she's doing. And some of you missed the story of what happened to her. She had a, and I do mean giant, it's like the size of two fists, giant hotspot on one of her hips. And I couldn't see how big it was because she's got really, you know, thick hair there. Mm-hmm. And so I was trying to kind of keep her away from it. So in order to do that, I bought her an inflatable donut collar. And if you haven't seen the photo, it's up on both Twitter and Facebook, so you can check it out. It's inflatable? It's inflatable. Okay. Yeah, you have to blow it up like a balloon. I've never seen that. Which okay. is kind of funny. And I don't want even to tell you how long it took me to f- to figure out how to blow it up on a morning after work, right? Sometimes my brain is <laughs> not functioning after work. It took me a while. If I had just read the instructions about pinching the bottom of... <laughs> of the uh, Who needs instructions? The gauge, right? The valve. Anyway, so I finally figured it out. So I put, because we went to the vet on Wednesday evening and they cleaned and shaved the whole area and gave me some ointment and blah, blah, blah. They put her on antibiotics. She's doing a lot better. It's not nearly as hot a spot anymore, but I obviously don't want her to be licking it. So I left the house on Wednesday night and I put the donut around her neck. She... (laughs) I wish I had a camera on her all night because she does not know what to do. She looks at me, Marco, with this face. Mom, what have you done to me? What is this thing? And so in the way that you do it is you there's there's uh, loops on the inside of the donut and you put her collar through the loops. You put her collar, okay. put the collar around her neck. You fasten her collar so she can't just pull the right, right, right. collar off or the, the donut off. And then you put the donut. But she looks like a, a lion with a blue mane. Because Penny is a long-haired brown dog, so she looks like a lion with a blue mane. Has really she been funny. trying to get it off? Well, not really. Or she leaves it alone? Yeah, I think she leaves it alone, okay. but but here's the funny part. So I wasn't sure. I got home on Thursday morning. I'd gone to the grocery store. I, I come in the door, and by this time, so I'm an hour later than I normally am when I get home, and a lot of times she's waiting for me at the door. You know, it's time to eat. She gets it. <laughs> I, she's nowhere to be found. So I put the groceries down. 
Penny. Now she's deaf, right? She's half deaf, so she can't really hear me. But if I slam the door, she can hear that. So I'm yelling, Penny, Penny. I don't hear anything. Penny. Thinking, could she still be sleeping? Then I hear some shuffling upstairs. Like, oh, she's not coming down, though. I don't hear her on the hardwood, like, click, 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 click. So she's shuffling around up there, but I'm not sure where she is. Mm-hmm. I walk halfway up the stairs. <laughs> At the top of the stairs, I have a bathroom, and the door is cracked, maybe three, four inches. The dog had gotten herself stuck in the bathroom because the donut was too big. She couldn't get out the bathroom door. So she's like, <laughs> her nose is sticking out the door, the crack in the bathroom door. So somehow, probably what happened was she, she laid down on the bathroom floor. She likes to sleep in there on the bathroom. When she got up, because the donut's so wide, it's a pretty narrow bathroom. She must have accidentally... Mm-hmm. Close the door. Right. So then she can't get open again because the donut is so big. And so <laughs> oh. I don't know how long the dog was standing in there waiting for me to come home and let her out of the bathroom. Well, she, she wasn't crying and whimpering? No, no but All she right. just, her face though, sticking her neck out. Let me, well, not her yeah. neck, but sticking her snout out the door like, Mom, please come get me. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> at least it wasn't the, cry, the crying, the whimpering, and the scratching uh, at the door because yeah. that would have been, yeah. I mean, she was probably sleeping. She does sleep most of the night, but when I got home or when she realized it, at the very least an hour, because I was an hour late, she realized it's breakfast time. She tried to stand up and get out the door. Poor dog. And she was stuck in the bathroom. Poor dog. So I go in and I try to get her to back up. Well, I actually couldn't even go in. I get up to the door and I'm like, Pen, back up, back up, and she won't back up. Yeah. And so we had a traffic jam. Anyway, I finally get her to kind of back up a little bit. And she's so relieved. I started laughing my rear end off because the poor dog's like, Mom. Anyway, so I take the collar off and the donut. She's really hot under there. So Aussies have thick hair. Poor Mm. thing. She was probably hot. But yeah, I don't know how long she was standing there with her snout sticking out the bathroom door. But it was super cute. So she doesn't have to wear the collar all the time? Well, no. When I'm there, I will make sure she's not... Okay. Licking her, all licking right, her, right. her spot. Right. So I told her when I left her last night, I said to her, don't worry, Bubba. That's my <laughs> nickname for her. So last time you have to wear it all weekend, right? I, you don't have to wear it the rest of the weekend. I'll be here because she sleeps pretty hard. And also, I don't know if you probably are now with three kids. I'm a very light sleeper. And so the second the dog gets up and moves around, click, 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 click on my hardwood floors, I wake up. Yeah. But, but she sleeps pretty hard during the daytime. She snores. And then she's awake, you know, like mid-afternoon to about early evening around her walk and dinner and her shot. And then she just, she sleeps the rest of the evening. Okay. Yeah, so she's a pretty hard sleeper. Um, but yeah, the, I put the donut back on her and her face. I already got trapped in the bathroom once. What are you doing to me? Did you close the bathroom door before you? Left? I actually didn't think of that. Thanks for yeah. No, mm. I I left it wide Should've open. Probably closed. That right. Door. Well, I was hoping that she wouldn't do the same thing twice. Well, but. it is a dog. <laughs> I mean, Marco, I you had seen her face. Well, I mean, it's a dog. Like, her first nose is sticking out the crack of the bathroom door. <laughs> they're cute. We love them. They're not the brightest. Uh, so come hey, on. Hey, you've never had an Aussie, apparently. Australian shepherds are very smart. For a dog. Okay, but no, very smart for any animal. Very smart. Great. It's still a dog. Come on. She's not going to learn. She's not going to look at it at the door and go, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not going in there. She might stay away from the door. What the hell is going on right now? Come on. (laughs) I'm just telling you, since she lost her hearing, she now has learned hand signals. The dog is really smart.
I told you a couple weeks ago she learned how to move a couch cushion off the bottom of the stairs so she could climb the stairs. And then she learned how to open my bedroom door with a laundry basket behind it. Mm -hmm. The dog is smart. For a dog. For any animal. For any being. She's probably smarter than a lot of humans. Well. Come on now. Yeah, but that doesn't say anything. There's a lot of stupid people. That doesn't... (laughs) That doesn't do anything for me. Go ahead and Google how intelligent Australian shepherds are. I'm telling you, they're really uh, smart. You just told me a story about the dog locking itself I, in the bathroom. Not locking, just get, she got stuck. It's stuck in the bathroom. Well, all Brilliant. Of a, all, of a sudden, mean, her, let's, let's, all of a sudden, her head a was a lot bit. bigger than normal. Well, yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, cut the brakes. It's a little bit. A little bit. All right, you all, you guys should send me tweets about your Australian shepherds and how smart they are because they are very smart. Okay, on Twitter, After Hours CBS, on our Facebook page, take the Game of the Week poll. Got a couple of real scintillating matchups, and we'll dive in here coming up. <sighs> Got to defend my Penny's honor. Though, yeah, she did get herself stuck. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. If your day sounds like. We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through. You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medela, the Markable Fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. That's where an agent who is a realtor comes in to navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. In the bathroom. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. When players look at, at, at Liv, they're wanting to be a part of it. I mean, everybody here is happy and enjoying what we're doing and enjoying uh, the team aspect of it and enjoying each other and the camaraderie and enjoying bl- bringing golf globally and all the benefits that come with uh, playing this this tour. So there's a lot of players that see that and want to be a part of it. And um, the question is, you know, how many spots are available? There's there's a lot more players that want to come than there are spots. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Quite a statement by, uh, by one Phil Mickelson, who made the the comment and then made the waves about Liv. Remember, we're supposed to be in some type of a merger pending or probable or I don't know. I think it was a fake. I think the whole thing was a fake just for the PGA Tour to get the money and for the, the lawsuits to be dropped on both sides. I don't think it was real. And as much as it caused a lot of consternation because the deal, the quote-unquote merger between Liv and the PGA Tour was done under cover of night in great secrecy. 
now it looks as though the two tours are just going to continue on the way that they have. But again, with the infusion of cash for the PGA and with no lawsuits, at least right now, though more and more you're hearing live players say that they should be allowed to participate in the FedEx championships, the playoffs, and they should be allowed to participate in the majors without having to jump through hoops. And then there's Phil Mickelson, who is making this confident, almost arrogant statement that he knows, he knows that there will be some PGA golfers who make the break to live before season three. I think they wrap up this weekend, actually. But before season three, the roster, the live roster will improve because they've attracted more of the the best and brightest from the PGA. Again, that's a strong statement to make. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. When players look at live, they're wanting to be a part of it. Quote, everybody here is happy and enjoying what we're doing and enjoying the team aspect. And I do think a lot of guys do. I mean, think about the Ryder Cup, how much guys want to be a part of it because they get to play not just for themselves, but for the good of a team. But then he also points out it's a limited roster. And so how many spots are actually available? So this is kind of interesting, though. The agreement that the PGA Tour and Live Golf and then the, you know, the Saudi, the Saudi fund that they originally agreed to that agreement prevented Live from recruiting golfers from other tours. But according to the U.S. Department of Justice, so the DOJ, that's a violation of antitrust. Live can't be restricted in whether or not it's recruiting from other tours. And that's kind of what Phil Mickelson alludes to. And there could be, I've heard, up to three open spots on the Live Tour next year. And Bubba Watson, he agrees with Phil. He says, hey, Live is on the rise. All these teams are getting better. Like Phil said yesterday, um, after this offseason, Liv's going to get even better. So There's going to be more competition next year. And um, right now, the Aces are the team we're all trying to chase. We all want that trophy like they have. Uh, but everybody on, everybody has a chance to win. I mean, the teams are getting so, especially on Saturday, the teams are going to get tighter and tighter. So Bubba Watson, one of those guys who got in on the ground floor in year number one with Liv. And the way that they would do it is it's a, they actually accumulate points during the year. And if you are at the bottom, you could be replaced you could actually get dropped off the live tour and be replaced by guys who are better than you if you're not protecting your spot, essentially. And Bubba doubles down on what Phil Mickelson says. Young players, they want to be part of live. Right now, um, in the short term, um, there's open spots. There's people, there's interest. There's people calling. There's people texting, even me. And I don't have any pool, you know. Um, so <laughs> they're asking for help to try to get in the league. Um, Phil knows it. We all know it. The high-ups know it. Um, and we're just working through the details right now behind the scenes to see what fits and, and what makes sense for the league getting better and improving. How about that? So, Rory McElroy, eat your heart out. Live is, <laughs> Liv is not going away. Uh, Greg Norman said, too, Live is alive and well. And 
his job has not been in jeopardy. Remember, that was another piece of this. Rory really can't stand Greg Norman. But the PGA was so ticked off at Greg Norman for poaching guys and for some of the things that he said and for making it really acrimonious in year number one that they wanted him ousted. And there was a lot of speculation that any merger between PGA and Liv would include Greg Norman getting fired or getting dismissed from Liv. And none of this has happened. None of this has happened. Not only is Liv back to inviting and recruiting and poaching guys from other tours because that's allowed, but there's really been no merger. And so right now, at least, you can hear almost the gloating of Phil Mickelson. And Phil knows it. We all know it. (laughs) Bubba's on his side. It's After Hours, CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich, the step back three, you bet! Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.